Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we talk about all of the chapters from Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. This week we read Haikyuu Volume 3. And Haikyuu's good, it yeah. turns out. Just like everybody said. Before we get into it, I did want to just really say a quick rest in peace to Kentaro Miura, whose name I probably just butchered. If you don't know, he is he was the creator of Berserk, and he died last week for of complications of stomach cancer, I think. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 percent on what exactly it was. Yeah, yeah. We just want to say rest in peace to him. I've been highly critical of his work. If you go back and listen to our Berserk episodes, and his death doesn't make his work suddenly turn to gold. I believe I would agree with most of the criticisms I made. But at the same time, he was an absolute pioneer in the field. We mm-hmm. talk all at the time about what tremendous work creating a manga is. And while Berserk wasn't weekly, as any of its fans will tell you, it was incredibly intricate. It was tremendous art. It brought a lot of people into manga. Yep. It's very distinct. I think it's unfortunately a work that it's easy to learn the wrong lessons from, but that doesn't lessen its greatness. And we will certainly be talking about it again at some point. I don't know if that will be in the near future or not. But yeah, I wanted to say rest in peace to him. Yeah. Condolences to the fan base who is struggling with a a work that will probably never be finished. Almost certainly never be finished. Yeah, his assistants have said some things that some people are interpreting as they're going to try to continue it, but I think the people interpreting that way are just in denial as they mourn yeah because unlike the closest thing i can think of is unlike the wheel of time i don't think he has extensive notes on where he wanted the story to go yeah he did have four assistants who just helped him with berserk so he might have said a lot to them we don't know but certainly even if it is continued in some fashion we'll never know how it would have been if he had been alive to finish it yeah so rest in peace Know that any criticism we give his work is not criticism of the man himself. And on that note, what did you think of Shonen Jump this week, Kevin? I pretty much, I liked a lot of Shonen Jump this week. Yeah, I've been pretty critical of Shonen Jump lately. I I thought this was like a smash hit. Almost, like even my bottom thing was better than a typical chapter of that. Um, I thought everything was firing on all cylinders this week. I wasn't a fan of some of the stuff at the bottom, but for the most part, I would agree with you. I feel like the only thing that could have made this jump better for me was a chapter of One Piece. Yeah, that that definitely was, especially with that cliffhanger. Making that but, be a two-week cliffhanger just sucked. Yeah, but I, I always look at the when is the next chapter coming, so I was ready. I don't. I, I do it mostly so I know, oh, hey, nothing's coming out next week. Yeah. Or for a Friday release, they haven't done one in a while. I don't know if American Shonen Jump has just given up on that, but Friday releases are so nice. I can like read Shonen Jump over three days, mm-hmm. nice and leisurely. It feels so good. Anyway, though, we will get started with Mission Yozakura Family, Mission 83, Kawashida versus the Yozakura siblings, a gigantic chapter of Mission Yozakura Family. Yep. I don't think it's actually as long as a number one typically is, but it was 38 pages, I think. Okay. Which is nearly double. What did you think of Mission Yuzakura this week, Kevin? I generally liked it. I liked a lot of the, you know, the siblings all teaming up to take down this guy. And I really like Tayo throughout the whole thing. So, you know, the first attack, they're like, all right, well, this guy's doing something weird, so don't use your bloomings, but we'll go with this technique. And it, you know, it didn't end up working. And then it's like, oh, well, we'll make Tayo the cornerstone of our attack. And I really like the moment where it's like, yeah, your blooming is related to defense, and that normally wouldn't be useful in a whole lot of situations, but right here it's the perfect thing. 
I really like the Tayo moments. It probably won't surprise you that the Yuzakura ma- uh, family stuff didn't do a lot for me. I really like the moment between Tayo and the brother. But like even just like the layout on the page, it looked very, very rote and similar. And this chapter gets a lot of points in my book for being double length. Mm-hmm. Because that makes those early stuff, which are still impressive drawings, like they mean it. They take up a lot, a large percentage of the story. Like yeah. we're always talking about the problem with fight scenes in manga is they take a lot of space. Well, I think isn't there also like a a high number of two page spreads in this one? Like I uh, feel like um, one page know, spreads mostly. There, there are. I think there are two two page spreads, which for a manga okay. is a lot, and those are easy. Those do take less time to draw, but it's not like. It still takes a lot to draw a two-page spread. It's easier than two pages of full panels usually, because you're drawing fewer figures generally. Yeah, but you, those are also the pages you usually want to put the most detail into. Yeah. So I wasn't trying to say anything. I was just yeah. meant like there was still like there was a lot of like you said at least one-page spreads of a lot of these, you know, like the attacks, and I thought all of it looked really cool. Yeah, and it just had like a very dull pace to me, like. It, it, not every sibling got a page, but there were like four pages in a row of just sibling attacks that were one page spreads. And I'm like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But certainly a good effort. Like I said, I like the Tayo bits. Yeah. I, I wonder if this would have been better spread across two chapters. Mm. I, I don't want to say for sure. You would have definitely had to change the pacing of it. Yeah. Like you could not just cut it in half and be like, okay, see you next week. Yeah. And I do think one of the chapters probably would have just being ended up being attacks, which might have sucked. But yeah, I liked it for a chapter of Mission Year Zakura Family. The color pages were good. I feel like the older brother looks really weird in color. And I think seeing him more would, I would get used to it. But mm-hmm. I just found out, I'm like, huh, he looks drawn weird. I'm like, no, he's not. It's just color makes him look strange. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That'll bring us into Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 149, Perfect Preparation Part 2. Which I read people really liked on a website. I don't know if it's uh, reputable or not, or they were just chasing headlines because I read it on a site after reading the Kentaro news so I would have some of the details. And mm-hmm. that story was greatly exaggerated and kind of like the guy was being paid for the word. So, yeah, I generally tend to take most of those like online news articles with a ton of salt, not not a grain, like a ton. I tend to have some writers that I like, and I'll be like, okay, th- this person, like, he does online new articles, but I pretty much trust them all. Unfortunately, pretty much all of those people have retired, or, or rather gone into other fields, because they were good. Yeah, that is definitely the way I feel as well. There's definitely a couple of like, oh, it's from this people, you know, these people, or it's like, all right, they're pretty good. So, I did like this chapter of Jujutsu Kaisen. I had a bit of confusion over one of the characters that got cleared up. I was like, wait a minute, I'm... Is it the guy he sees her as? Yeah. Because I'm like, is that the guy from the flashbacks who was really good with the tools? That would I make sense. I think Megumi's so. Dad? Yeah. I was like, I, I think that's who that's supposed to be, which makes sense, especially for her, you know, yeah. not having any cursed power and him being Although I like, think she does now. Maybe? That, that was another kind of confusing thing of like, I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I like a lot of the beats in this chapter. I have two major criticisms of it, one of which, given the next chapter, could vanish, which is that Maki gets left for dead with all those spirits. That's a cool moment, and we don't see her beat them all. Mm-hmm. Economy of storytelling-wise, maybe we don't need that, but I do think we need Maki to look awesome. So if she beats the hell out of her dad, that's fine. 
But if it's an even fight or her uh, dad somehow gets the upper hand, then I think that's a huge miss. No, isn't isn't her dad dead? Don't we? Isn't one of the panels him missing the top part of his head? Did I miss that? Let me go. I'm going to look at it again. I'm also going to go look at it to make sure that. Sometimes I'm bad at reading manga. I will. No, I I have that. like like I especially with Jujutsu Kaisen. Sometimes I have those thing those moments of. Oh, I see. It's not, yeah. It's yeah. It's the last okay. page. It, he doesn't get decapitated. He gets the top of his head cut off. So yep, he's not necessarily dead, but that's yeah. You're right. He, uh, it just it, for whatever reason it didn't play for me. Which I think, I think so- is a knock on the chapter, but it, it's but it, it's not the knock I just said. That, that yeah. the criticism I gave is invalid. The criticism is that this didn't land, which is maybe on me, honestly. Like I said, I am sometimes bad at reading manga. Looking at this panel, it's very obvious what happened. Mm-hmm. The other criticism is a criticism of I have of Jujutsu Kaisen as a whole, not this chapter, which I feel like it just burns through its characters. Like, my dying in this? Yeah. Like, it, that's fine, but with the principal dead the other day and the female lead may be dead, she gets an asterisk by her, but still. What's the guy, the clapping guy? I can't think of his name. Toto. He's not dead, but he's been effectively neutered in the story. Potentially. I, he's got the potential to come back, certainly. Yeah. But I don't think that's his role, given the rest of the tone of Jujutsu Kaisen. No, I don't think so either. But it, he's definitely not, you know, completely gone. At the very least, yeah. he can be there to help train Itadori Certainly. But I feel like when you take it as a whole picture, and like I said, the female lead could come back, too. Yes. That would not be a surprise. But when you take it as a whole, it just feels like it's burning through characters really quickly. And that gives it a weird feeling. In addition, I think it's going for a Naruto or My Hero Academia style where it has a big extended cast. But I find in Jujutsu Kaisen, I don't care nearly as much about the extended characters, which is weird because they actually get more screen time, I think, in better development than in a lot of those other series. Yeah, I think it. a lot of that is the extended cast is much smaller than in some of those other series. Yeah. You know, because it's like, all right, there were like, what, 10 sorcerers for the the inner school thing versus... Yeah, about... There's, like, what, 20 people in Class A alone? Yeah. And Naruto, you get, like, 15. Yeah. There, and then you get some others added in later. Naruto ends up with way too many characters by the end of it. Yeah. Some of this is me wondering if he is basically killing off some of the cast that he doesn't feel is working to add room for more in this cursed game. Sure. It just, again, like I said, the cursed game is the perfect place to kill characters, right? Yeah. So this is kind of weird that we're not doing it there, but like, you know, well, yes, while it sucks that Mai dies here because of the anime, I've seen her more recently, but in the manga, like she hasn't been here in a while. Yeah. She had, you know, they occasionally mention her, but she's really just there for the sister event. Or the, the school event. Yeah. And thematically with Jujutsu Kaisen, her death here feels very natural and correct. Yeah. It's just, like I said, it's part of a bigger picture. Yeah. It all It is kind of weird that we're, like, we're getting a bunch of people dying. And like you said, it's like, we're not entirely sure the curse game has even started. Why is everyone dying before the game starts? Yeah. Which is not to say I didn't like it, because I did. But I, it just felt, like I said, kind of weird to me. Anything else you want to say on it? No. Next up, we have My Hero Academia number 313, high-speed, long-range, mobile cannon. What do you think of My Hero this week, Kevin? I liked it pretty good. I just, I had some questions about, like, 
so he's activating, is it the third's quirk, I think? Yeah, right. Fajin, which I think is the last of the quirks. I think it's the only one we haven't seen before. I could be wrong about that. That sounds right. Except maybe the seconds? I thought, no, the seconds isn't Blackwood. You might be right on the second. Yeah, because I think it was the second and the third were the two that he couldn't connect yeah. with at first. Yeah, you're right. And the fourths is the smoke screen. So yeah. No, I think the fourths is the danger sense. The fifths was, I, I can't, anyway. But I was just kind of like, this was kind of cool, but I don't know what that quirk does. Ah, so I looked up Fajin because I felt I had heard of it before. Uh, oh. and it's a ch- it's a Chinese martial arts concept. Ah, uh, okay. So, and it's it, it's a real martial arts concept, but the basic idea is very similar to Dragon Ball Key. It, it's about it's basically means to release energy. Mm-hmm. Like if you're familiar with the one inch punch, yeah, that's like a Fajin concept. So yep. this is just obviously taken up to a fantasy level, and so I presume because of the art, he's he you know blasted into the ground and flew up yeah. through the building. That that okay, that makes more sense. So that would be why I was like, you know, that's on me for not understanding that. But I was kind of like, all right, so you set up this ability, and it didn't really show me anything other than, oh, he blasted up through a building. He could have done that anyway. Yeah, okay, that's certainly fair. This is a very similar quirk to what One for All does by default. Well, and that might honestly be like a cool twist. So like knowing more about it makes sense of maybe that's kind of why it's this explosive power strengthening thing is Fajin has been like seeded into it. Yeah, and the My Hero Academia wiki, I don't know where it got this information. It's only got the, the one chapter to work with. They don't use this analogy specifically, but they liken it to Gambit's quirk or mutant power from X-Men, where you, you can store up kinetic energy and then release it all at once. Yeah. And so that like I could see something really cool happening with this power, but that was like my one little hang up was it was kind of like, yeah, let me use my new power to punch through this building. You, you, you could have done that anyway, bro. <laughs> Fair. Although it looks very impressive and not it like does. something he's done before. Uh, and like I said, I'm like, I feel like I should know what that is and looked it up. And once I did, I was like, ah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So yeah, it, it like I still did really like it, but that was a little hang up for me. Yeah, I really, really liked it. I, I <laughs> My early notes are like, man, getting a lot of use out of the All Might Mobile. Oh, it has a name. <laughs> oh, it's dead now. <laughs> and I, I was going to bring up, uh, are you familiar with Akira Toriyama's love of drawing mechanics? Like... He, he would just use the phrase mecha, but he specifically means like cars and spaceships. Yeah. And like how he, he would not put them in Dragon Ball because they're a huge pain in the ass to have to draw, but he would put them on the covers all the time. Yeah. Because he wanted to draw them. I just wondered if he was like, man, I want to draw a cool car. <laughs> God, this sucks. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> that would be pretty great. But I thought the All Might stuff was really good. Uh, yeah. The note about Gran Torino's cape I find interesting. Is he just in the hospital? Did he die? I do like the cape, so it's a cool bit. And also, I want to know, okay, so occasionally, uh, not very often, but occasionally, if you go to Shonen Jump's blog, they will uh, have all the author notes, or that at the end of each issue of Shonen Jump, the authors all write like a two-sentence blurb. Yep. Occasionally, they'll have them on the blog. They do have them on the blog. They're not in, because it's not a magazine in America anymore. They don't have it collected. But occasionally, I'll go look there. So last week, Hoshi Horis was, it was Angelina Jolie that taught me you could curve bullets. 
So I'm wondering now if she has a quirk that lets her curve bullets or if that's just part of the My Hero Academia world. Is that if you're good at guns, you can do a wanted. Because a part of this uh, uh, chapter is her like curving a bullet around a building and decking and like, ah, oh, she curved the bullet. I'm like, is that just physics in this world? Well, like, especially because she can like custom make bullets, you could easily make a bullet that curves. Yeah. That when could be fired. Cool. It could be a, a secondary feature of her quirk, too. Yeah. yeah. That makes me a little sad because Wanted was fine, but uh, the yeah. comics are honestly way better. Uh, oh, really? I actually have a strong disagreement with that. Okay. That can be a statement for another time. That's sure. why I think that movie is great. Yeah. And they're super different. Yes. So, like, if, if what you want is something like Wanted, that makes sense. Like, it, it's a bad uh, adaptation. I will totally grant you that. Yep. But it's, I, I generally like that movie pretty fine. And I don't think those comics are all that good. But I'm not a Mark Millar guy. That's fair. Anything else you wanted to say about My Hero? Nah. That brings us to Mashal Magic and Muscles Chapter 63, Mash Burndead and the Tall Tower. What did you think of Mashal this week, Kevin? I thought it was pretty good. I'm glad that it's not that Mash breaks out, but that Marky Mark breaks... <laughs> Everybody out? Every, or all of the students out. I think like, that's objectively the right move for the manga. Yeah. It does mean the time stops seem almost unnecessary. Last chapter. A little bit, because the crowd is still... Like, he yeah. only broke out the main characters, essentially. Yeah. And Macron, who seems like she's going to join the cast. And is like, I'm a girl. And they're like, cool. <laughs> that was pretty That was pretty interesting, where I was like, uh, oh, oh, really? I did think this had some very classical mash humor, martial humor to it. I really loved when he kicked down the tower. Yes. Like, how he's going to get up there, punk. The ending didn't quite land for me, because when that guy showed up, I'm like, man, I don't know who this guy is. Like, I understand that, because the joke doesn't work, because I don't know who this is either. Fair. But I think st- that's a problem with me, the reader, not the structure of the joke. Yeah, I liked it. I I was like, I vaguely remember what's going on, or I vaguely remember that guy, and so I liked Mashable being like, yeah, we sat together at the entrance ceremony, right? <laughs> and the, the, like, the little flashbacks are, are, are nice. Like I said, I appreciate the structure of the joke. Mm-hmm. It just didn't land on me. Yeah. Through no fault of its own. Uh, yeah, but I don't have much more to say about it, do you? No. That'll take us to Blue Box number six, at least one step. What did you think of Blue Box this week, Kevin? I really, really liked Blue Box this week. I think the big moment for me was when his friend is teasing him that, or is basically like, oh my God, you know, is he going to blame Chise for how he's doing right now? And he's like, no, she's not the reason that I, this is like, she's not the only reason I want to go to nationals and I can't, he's like, I'm not going to make her my excuse for doing poorly. That's on me. Yeah, I liked it as well. It ranked pretty high for me in what I thought was a very good week of Shonen Jump, but it seemed more to me like it's a typical sports manga this week. And not in a bad way. That's not a critique of it, but it the, the love angle was almost, you, like you said, it was negated in a way, which I think is good for the character and the advancement of the story. And I think the beats of it landed pretty well. Yeah, I honestly, I think that plays well to what the what I think the series is going for, where it's going to be this weird, like, back and forth between being a sports manga, being a romance manga, and, like, he's not just completely love-struck, and this didn't just take a dive into complete romance that happened to involve two people who play sports. This is more of a sports manga with a romance angle in it. We opened with the romance, though, which makes yeah. me think that that has to be the key factor. That doesn't necessarily. It could be a story of a guy who 
finds his calling in life by chasing his crush and the calling ends up being more important to him than that crush. That's certainly a thing that happens in real life. And I think it's a good story to tell. Mm -hmm. It's just, like I said, it's because it has potential as both. It feels weird to me when it only executes on one, though I don't know how you execute on both at once. Yeah. Although, like I said, I'm still really liking it. So I'm thinking it's doing fairly well. Yeah, I have no real strong critique of it. It's just, like I said, I it, I think its strength is that it's both and its weakness is that it's both. Gotcha. And that pulls it more centrally to me, but I, I'm also still quite enjoying it. Speaking of stuff we enjoy, next up we have Ayakashi Triangle, Chapter 45, Suzu's Determination. Which, <laughs> yes. This chapter seemed kind of weird pacing-wise to me. Uh, not the chapter itself, just when it the opened up suddenly, yep. I was like, this is not where I expected us to be this week. Did I miss a chapter? No, nope. it was 44 last week. Okay. I had the same feeling. Other than that, it's cool stuff. The like, You have to travel through these seven gates and then you re- the, get, reach the secret Ayakashi village is cool stuff. Very video game. I also like that it's the seven gates in a specific sequence. Yeah. Like I said, very video games. It honestly reminds me of a book series I read, The Iron Druid Chronicles has a thing where you can travel to the fey plane of Tirna Nog by like winding, like walking a specific path in between a couple of trees. It had that very similar vibe of like this kind of fairy tale. Oh yeah, if you walk in this specific path, you can go to another world. Yeah. Yeah. The Then be like, hey, Matsuri, you have to pretend to be a kitsune girl. You're cute. It'll be fine. And the silkworm being the one who makes her outfit is good too. And then of course there are the shenanigans. Yep. Well, I don't think it's actually the silkworm. I think she's a a silk moth. Yeah. And she has silk worms to make the clothes. I That makes sense. Uh, but I do like, to, like, yeah, I got your measurements. Now we're getting to like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I thought that was pretty great where she was like, I have to endure this. And it's like, no, I'm just getting your measurements. Like Matsuri does not need to be watching this shit right now. <laughs> Look, it's training for her too. <laughs> yeah. Fun as always. Oh yeah. Anything else you want to say about it? No. Last but not least, we have Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, Depth 43, Officer's Pride. What did you think of Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin this week, Kevin? I really loved Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin this week. Yeah, it's good. It's it's really good. That ending panel is great. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he does that underwater, and I don't care. <laughs> and so, just everything about it, just I, I really liked it. The Chaco moments were really powerful to me. Yeah. If anything was wrong with it, it seemed weird that Chaco was suddenly here. But it's necessary for the story. Well, and I've also, she's been here the whole time. Yeah. It's just, it's weird that she's suddenly, it, it's honestly, yes. it's weird and it's not weird. Like, I yes, could see exactly. she was in like a, a bit of a daze from, after being possessed by Poseidon and having Orpheus disappear snapped her out of it where she's like, hey, hey, and you know, I love that moment of where's Papa? And uh, the one guy being like, I'm your dad. And she was like, no, dad, I don't care. Where's Papa? <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, I- I'm your biological dad. You will come with me. And say what he was like, uh, no, murder and of child abuse and a whole laundry list of things. Um, I'm going to arrest the hell of you out of you. And also you pissed me off. Yeah, I do like that where it's like murder, child abuse, child neglect, and a more serious crime of pissing me off. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I do love the bit where... Early on, he was talking about how Ye chose him, but Chaco is immediately dismissive of him. Yeah. It's super powerful symmetry. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. 
I really like the callback to the the breath toys. Yeah. That he's got in his mouth at the end because it's like your gear's about to break, and it does. But then he you know sticks it in like a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Ah, just so good. Yes, it is. All right. I think that will take us into jump card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank everything in Shonen Jump, not just the stuff we talk about every week, from our least favorite up to our favorite. Nothing, or no One Piece this week, which leaves us with 19 chapters. So what do you have at number 19, Kevin? That's where I have me and Robico. Same. The opening of this chapter got me in a weird way, where I'm like, huh, I feel like I've read this chapter of me and Robico before. Oh no, this is the opening to Yu Yu Hakusho I've read before. Yeah. And that actually kind of worked for me until they have to like paint on what it is. Yeah, and that... Like, that's what always gets me about me and Roboco. Yep. It's like, hey, we're doing the first chapter of Yu Yu Hakusho. Cool, I guess. The thing that elevates this one is for a while, they just let it happen. Yes. And I think it would have worked better. Like, Oh, for sure. You know, it's like, did you have to call it out? It would have been much better if you didn't. That's why it's down here. And some of the gags were like Roboco using her lasers to test if he's a ghost. That that <laughs> one funny. that one did get a chuckle out of me. Where Gachi Girl is like, "Thank God I'm already dead." Yeah, but it ends up with lots of me and Roboco's problems. Um, the ending, you know, it's a kind of an obvious joke, and it it, it is set up poorly, I think. Mm-hmm. But I I think better than the average chapter of me and Roboco, honestly. Yep. Uh, what do you have at eighteen? That's where I have I tell C. Okay, I have it slightly higher, because I liked bits of it this week. I thought the fight choreography was actually pretty well drawn. Eh, fair. I just, for me, I it, it had the problem of, hi, I figured out your master plan, and part of me is just like, how? Like, you haven't shown any aptitude for this shit earlier. <laughs> well, she explained it all to them, so... But, but yeah. like, they had it figured out before she was doing the heist. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's just... That doesn't bug me because it's the nature of this sort of story. Yeah, it it wouldn't have bugged me if the two main characters weren't basically airheads. Yeah. Although I don't feel like the male lead really is as much. No, he he's not quite an airhead, but th- like this definitely isn't his level of expertise. You know, like, yeah. if this is a thing of like, oh, Daniel Ocean figured out how the, the enemy person was going to do this thing, or... Batman... <laughs> Batman, uh, I was thinking of the guy from Leverage. Don't know his name. Never watched Leverage. Probably should. I bet I'd like it. Yeah, but his big thing is, you know, he he steals from essentially supervillains. Yeah. Not really supervillains, but like, you know, people who are abusing the system. But like, yeah. if, you know, a mastermind like that, I had figured out your plan. Okay, cool. But if it's like the muscle figured out your plan, huh? <laughs> right. I guess I don't see him as the muscle. He is a detective. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, that oh. he seems more like he seems more of 
the guy who got promoted to detective because he was very competent at being a police officer. Like, I'm not yeah, saying he's fair. stupid, but he doesn't seem like the figure out the mystery kind of detective. He seems more like the dude who's really good at, you know, hitting the street kind of detective. Yeah, that's fair. I got high school family at 18. Sure. Didn't dislike it like a lot of high school family. Again, it's hitting a weird stride where it's a lot better. It's more sports manga stuff, very similar to last week, although different a little bit in town. Mm-hmm. And some of the gags kind of got me. Like the very slow, safe tennis play. Yeah. The, you know, the opposite of the super exaggerated stuff you normally see in manga. Mm-hmm. W- worked pretty well. What do you got at 17? That's where I have high school family. I agree with you for everything you said about it. I have Sakamoto days at 17. Okay. I really like the ending of it. That was pretty funny and worked. But I feel like Sakamoto getting stuff in the locker is a weird way to have him out of this chapter for most of it. Yeah. And the villain just doesn't do much for me. Same. He seems very generic and eh. And the, the gag of Shin talking backwards is fine. It's super weird how sometimes they translate it so you can see it forward and other times they don't. Yeah, that was a bit annoying. I wonder if that's a language barrier thing where those cha- uh, things in Japanese would have been so easy to read that they didn't bother. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I just like I, I liked bits of it, but it didn't do a lot for me. And like I said, I thought we had a pretty good week. Mm-hmm. What's you got at 17? 16 is where I had Sakamoto. Oh, yeah, 16, sorry. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I do like the, the bit at the end where it was like, ha, and it's, you know, if I try and hit you, I hit my ally. So if I try and hit Shin, I'll hit you. Yeah. 16 is where I put Magu-chan. Sure. And I liked Magu-chan again fine. I just thought it was a very good Shonen jump, and it's the comedy manga. It didn't get a lot of laughs out of me. Yep. It also seemed weird for Muscard, like, to be brought down to this level. Yeah. He, he has been slowly being brought more and more down here, but... This one seemed like a new low for him. That seemed kind of sudden. Mm-hmm. Although I did like uh, the Napataku stuff about cooking in this. And he's like, I keep winning. Now I can buy lots of ingredients. Yeah, I, I did like that. Uh, it's my number 15. So I, I completely agree with you on roughly where this thing places. 15 is where I put ITLC. Okay. Like I said, I just I thought the fight stuff was like genuinely well done. I like the ending. It made sense. Mm-hmm. Like their plan makes a lot more sense than her plan. Yes. What do you have at 14? That's where I put Witch Watch. Really? I really liked Witch Watch this week. I think it, it, like, I do like it, but I felt like it just kind of came out of nowhere a little bit for me. So, while I did sort of like it, it was like, I don't know, it just didn't quite click. I mean, it is the sudden introduction of a new character, right? And we'll see how prevalent she is. I don't think she's going to be around every week. But I really like the new character. Witch Watch has been weird the last couple of weeks in that they've all not really been from the main character's perspectives. Yeah. This one made the most sense to me, though. Yeah, that's true. 14 is where I put Candy Flurry. Like, there are bits of it I liked, but I didn't think the action was super well-paced, and I feel like the solution to this chapter is the most obvious and boring one. Yeah. I ended up really liking it, though. Okay. I, you know, most, even though it is the kind of obvious solution it was the one that i was completely thinking like this is obviously what they're leading to yeah it's been foreshadowed before yeah so there's that night bit of confirmation i don't know i would have liked to see something else either she does something to overcome the ice cream user or impress her in some way i don't know it just seemed like a very soft out yeah what do you have at lucky 13 that's where i put nine dragons okay i have it very slightly higher so I think one of the issues that has been plaguing Nine Dragons for me, which I kind of figured out after reading Haikyuu, is 
right now, they don't feel like a team. Yeah, we have a bunch of specialists. And I think that's deliberate, but yeah. it creates less drama than we get in Haikyuu. And I think one of the reasons I was so excited for Nine Dragons was that pitcher-catcher synergy they introduced at the start, I think is an amazing core to build Bort's story around. But yep. we literally haven't seen it since. I shouldn't yeah. say haven't at all. We did it a little bit with the with them recruiting the hitter, but like yeah, that, but- that's that's that you core that this is missing, right? Yeah, and I think that's exactly what I'm feeling. So I'm not totally discounting it yet, and they can start building that team synergy. But we have been missing that. It's like, all right, so like all these chaps have been, yeah, we're adding a new player, we're adding a new player. Okay, but it, it seems like you you could, you're just picking people and like sticking them on the roster, and they're not like meshing a ton. Yeah, I'm nodding and you can't see it, but this is what I've been saying has been its weakness from the start. I think it's it, like I said, it's inherent to the way that they decided to tell the story is yep. you have to have a nine person baseball team, which is a lot of characters for a sports manga. And that's before you get into relief pitching, which in a sports manga, you don't necessarily need. You can fudge that. Yep. But it means we have to introduce nine characters slowly this way, which is just like too slow a pace. You can't get to that good character stuff. Yep. I have Undead and Luck at 13. Sure. I've always liked the hopping vampires, so I really like the end of this chapter. Yep. I'm not sure exactly what it means going forward, but that's fine. I also found it weird that we don't see them get the rosary on screen. We just see a bunch of flashbacks, and then Unluck has it. There are lots of ways they could get it. I'm not like, how did that possibly happen? It just seemed like a weird choice. Yeah. I guess because they're not the focus of this chapter, but I I really like the ending, but the rest of it was just like undead Unluck stuff that... Yeah. No, like I said, it, it doesn't super catch me. Yeah, it's my number 12 for a lot of the And that's where I put Nine reasons. Dragons. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I think I just like the enemy pitcher more. Totally fair. I do fair. think I like Nine Dragons slightly more than you too. Yep. But I agree with your criticism, so it... What do you have at 11? That's where I put Mission Ozakura. Okay. So like I said, I did like it, but like you said, I liked a bunch of stuff more. Yeah, I'm surprised I have it higher than you, although admittedly not much higher. At 11, I had Mashal. Okay. I felt Marshall was funny. Like I said, two good jokes. One didn't super land for me, but I still appreciate it. Fair. But I feel like funny was all it had going for it. Totally and they fair. weren't like, oh, I'm laughing, rolling down and uh, laughing. I'm like, oh, that's a good Marshall joke. Yep. That's what I expect from this manga. What do you got at Ted? That's where I put Candy Flurry. Okay. So, like I said, I, I liked it. I like the, the way this is going. So, I'm excited to see her being part of the Reset team. Yeah, that's where I put Mission Years of Kara Family. Okay. It had a little bit of an emotional punch. It's moving the story forward. Mm-hmm. But lots of stuff went above it. What do you have at number nine? That's where I have Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay. Again, some cool stuff, but like I said, I had that. I had those bits of confusion as to exactly what was going on. So it's just kind of like, oh, I, I, this is kind of cool. But at the same time, I have this thing of like, all right, so when are we getting to the story? Yeah, that's pretty fair. Although, like, this is the story. This is story of Mai, right? This is, like, yes. Mai reorigins. So. Yeah. Or Maki, it, rather. Yeah. That, so that's going to be important. Yeah. But I, I, it does, without Megumi and Yuji here, it does feel like we're kicking our heels. It's also just the thing of, like, you introduced this curse game, like, almost two months ago now. I do get the temptation. You you say, hey, there's going to be a Tenkaichi Budokai, and then you show everybody preparing, right? Yeah. The... The the I, this is a terrible uh, um, analogy because I think this is a really bad arc. But the last arc of Dragon Ball Super that I cannot think of the name of now has a very similar flow to it. 
the main problem I have with that is I don't feel like there was a, hey, there's an upcoming curse game. I felt like the introduction was, there is a curse game going on right now. And then we, like, jump backward, is how I feel the story has gone for me. I don't know if that's actually the case, but that was the feeling I got was, the curse game has started. These are the rules. I Yeah, I, I think the curse game not being being explained well is a big part of the problem. My understanding mm-hmm. is that's true, but they don't have to enter yet. Like, they have time before they have to join. Okay. Even though it has started. Ninth where I put Witch Watch. I really like this black cat character. I really liked, like, the Kabadon scene. And, like, all the metaphor stuff for her being pet. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just work. And, like, the gag about, like, oh, yeah, I finished my gotcha series of the evolution of man. I finally got a human one. Yep. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. As someone who has the gotta catch them all bug, I empathize. Also, as someone who has the gotta catch them all bug, you should stop spending your money on gotcha toys. Yep. What do you have at number eight? That's where I put Mashal. Okay. Like you said, some really good jokes. All right, a couple of really good jokes. And some pretty interesting developments. So, I put Black Clover at eight. Okay. I'm often critical of Black Clover, but I think this little fight had a strong ending. Like, good beginning, middle, end. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of the problems I normally associate with Black Clover, but getting three whole chapters devoted to this character made me start to feel for him, whereas I feel like normally we get one, maybe two. And yep. I'm like, who's this guy? Why do I care? It's over. Mm-hmm. This had, like I said, it was three chapters, basic structure. I thought the gimmick was cool. Yep. And the payoff works. Yeah. What do you have at number seven? That's why I put the Elusive Samurai. Okay. This had some cool stuff where it turns out this guy isn't actually one of the bad guys. Yeah. It's got a real Seven Samurai feel in a nice way. Go on. Yeah. That's what I was going with where it feels like, oh, he's going to be another part of the crew. You know, he's a young kid, young-ish kid that is extremely competent and, you know, is teaching children how to wage war. Yeah. I really like that all the adults in the village are dead already and it's all the kids. Like, that just is very good to the the taste of Elusive Samurai, which is, you know, not a realistic history. Yep. It just gives it a a fun tone, I think, with that Neverland feel. I also really like the main character's reaction to this guy of like, oh, I got to get him to teach me swordsmanship in secret, where he's like, oh, man, I need a lord to serve, but maybe I'd be better as a teacher. And he's like, oh, yeah, I need this guy. (laughs) Then I'll be better than my friends. And they'll be like, wow, we're so impressed. Yeah, I do like that. I was like, are they holding back against me? Yeah, it was very good. It went higher for me. Sure. I got Blue Box at seven. Okay. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I really like the sports stuff. I like the core message of it, too. Like I said, it's just this weird thing where I think every week I'm going to feel like, okay, why didn't we have the other half of this, though? Fair. What do you got at six? That's where I have Dr. Stone. Okay. I still really liked Dr. Stone this week. I just felt like a bunch of the stuff above it I enjoyed more, and it has a bit of a dip from the highs it's been writing like it just it has to i kind of disagree i agree with you it has to i don't think it's happened yet but we'll get to there where i we get sure. where i put it although there is a little bit of procedure to this chapter yeah where the, what happens is what has to happen it certainly yeah. has that as a weakness yeah that's definitely the way that that i feel that's where i put jujutsu kaisen okay I like the Maki stuff. Like I said, I think it had a good feel. It's on tone for Jujutsu Kaisen. I think the chapter itself is quite good. My problems with it are how it fits into the rest of the story. Gotcha. What do you have at five? That's where I put My Hero. Okay. You know, like I said, I had that one kind of hang up on the chapter, but otherwise really liked it. It's where I put Elusive Samurai, and we just talked about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like the tone. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah. 
That's what I want Elusive Samurai to be. What do you have it for? That's where I put Blue Box. Like I said, I just I liked that moment of I can't make her be my excuse for why I'm doing poorly. Yeah. Four is where I put Ayakashi Triangle. Sure. Really, you know, it's fun stuff, but it's just Ayakashi Triangle at the day. It's it's funny and sexy. And yep. it didn't surpass itself. And I thought there were three things this week that did better. Sure. So what do you got at Lucky Three? That's where I have Ayakashi Triangle. I agree with you, except for the fact that I think there were three things that did better. <laughs> but it was definitely very funny. And, you know, still like the silly sexy shenanigans. Three's where I put my hero. Okay. I really like the Fajin quirk. You're absolutely right in that it's super similar to how One for All already works. But it reminds me of the early One for All stuff, which is what I really, really liked. Like, I feel like I could have watched a hundred fights of Deku killing himself too. barely win. And this, it doesn't have the blast back feature, at least not yet, but it has the same explosiveness. Yeah, and I'm wondering if, like, in the next chapter, they're going to give it a bit more differentiality. Explanation? Yeah, yeah. it could be. You know, maybe there is a thing where he can now project the energy out from his body, rather than just... So rather than, like, punching so hard he creates blasts of air, he can literally create energy blasts or something of that nature. Yeah, I could see it either way, but I do think that might be what it's leading to. Mm -hmm. What do you got at number two? That's where I put Black Clover. I completely agree with you. I think this is a very good ending to the story. I just like most of the black character or black clover characters a bit more. And the thing that really got me was Magna winning right as Asta and Luck both showed up to come help out in the fight. And so that moment of like, I did it. I didn't need your help. I managed to beat one of these guys on my own was just really powerful for me. Gotcha. I got Dr. Stone at number two. Okay. Because it doesn't end with a guy lighting a cigarette underwater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think it has an incredibly strong ending, though. That really, like I said, don't, I don't feel like it fell at all from the highs. I really like the Kohaku and Sukiya reunion as well. Yeah. But the bit, I'd love the bit where like, it's not like it can end death, right? And Senku and Tsukasa look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's super good. Hyoga being quiet the whole time is kind of weird. I wondered if like he was going to have some permanent injury or if this is just because he also realizes the implications. But yeah, I also really like at the end when Tsukasa and Senku are like, ah, so we're all immortal now. And Senku's like, ooh, uh, not sure that's great. <laughs> well, and like part of me has the they're not technically immortal kind of thing because like it really does depend on you know for from a scientific perspective i have the thing of like all right well i mean hyoga was only dead for like a little bit like people have been dead for several minutes before so it's not completely out of the ordinary that he might be able to be magically revived it's not like oh yeah i can just kill you and then petrify your corpse and revive you later like that still might not work i think the implication here is it should because Tsukasa has the line about, yeah, I know he was dead, which you could still be right. But I think what we're supposed to take as readers here is maybe old age still kills you, but maybe even that doesn't. Yeah. I do like the discussion also about like, ah, oh, should we have just left him in stone for a while and like, we'll get it up when we needed him since he's old? Yep. Also, everyone's taking Tsukiya getting older. Strangely weird. Well, in my opinion. I, I think that they were like not expecting it, but, you know, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary. They're all a bunch of weirdos, but I feel like one of them should be surprised. Uh, I feel like Like the person. Well, isn't Genro not there? Uh, Or which one of the one of the brothers is? I can never remember which is which. 
Yeah, but like I think that's the I think that's the issue is that Ginro isn't there because he definitely would have been the person to freak out about it. But I think like it's only Taj, you know, it's like all the super freaks that would probably just brush it off as nothing. Yeah, and Chrome could react to it, but he could also be like, "Yeah, science." Yeah, like especially he could probably easily make the thing of like, "Oh yeah, well, Tsukiya was the person who was going to do it, so it kind of makes sense that she wouldn't immediately be able to make." the revival fluid even knowing how to do it yeah i do love uh, her being like i can only make one so i got you senku and he's like good job your priorities are good yep <laughs> i almost wish he did sukasa and he was like i think i can do it <laughs> senku is obviously the right choice both in character and logically but yep i would not mind like a little gag manga or like a whole series of gag manga that was like what if kohaku chose someone else hard-boiled cop and is the best Oh, man, that was so good. It was a real good Shonen Jump, but that was the best. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the best, we were at Haikyuu this week, and we'll be back to talk about that after the break. So we were at Haikyuu Volume 3 this week, and you already alluded to it when we talked about Nine Dragons. What did you think, Kevin? And I really liked this one. I really liked it, too. I really like the, you know, we had the libero guy show up at the end of the last volume, and him being like, yeah, cool, but I'm not coming back to play until the ace shows up. And, you know, just being like, oh, we have an ace? Yeah. What I really liked is, like, the callback to... The guy being like, yeah, when uh, Nishinoya shows up, uh, call him Senpai, too. And he's like, please teach me Senpai. And he's like, Senpai. And then, like, he's like, I must buy you popsicles, for I am your Senpai. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, the team stuff is super powerful. And they're not really a team either, but you get those incredible shonen moments, right, of relationships being built between characters. We get it between those two. We get it in the, the flash packs between them and the their old ace. Yeah. And that's, like... Even though they're not quite a team yet, there's still elements of teamwork to them, which I think, it, yeah. like, you know, we have the thing with Hinata and... Kagiyama. Kagiyama, thank you. Where, you know, he's like, oh, I, you're idolizing the ace right now, but isn't our teamwork more important? Or not more important, yeah. but it's like, you might think it's cool that he can blast through any blockers, but when have you ever been blocked? Yeah. And I love the coach character being interested. Like, man, their synergy's so good. Were they the same bit? No, they have been in elementary school together. And they're like, uh, no, they met like a month ago. They were yep. very friendly at first. But yeah. They made it work. And he's like, why didn't you tell me they were this good? Yeah. And I like the one guy being like, I did. <laughs> yeah. Like even, you know, when he was trying to recruit him, he's like, you should see them play. Like yeah. that's, that was what he was, he was really trying to be like, dude, you should come watch them play. Cause I know the second you do, you're going to be into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love him like facing them mostly against older, you know, the municipal volleyball team, which is a bunch of high school graduates basically. Yeah. But then they have to fill in with the other players because we've already introduced two spikers. So we need a third. So he goes on the other team and yep. the other setter and the libero, like you said, I never know how to pronounce that word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all super clicks. I liked that. I really liked the coach being like, wow, it's really hard to be on the other side of the bench, essentially. Yeah, yeah th that bit at the end where he's like, man, which setter do I play? 
I don't think it was it. I don't think it was just which setter do I play. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. who do I, you know, who am I going to play in these games? Like I really like that tension setup of all right, cool, yeah. So we've got a full team, but who's my starters? Yeah. What's my rotation going to be like? You know, what yeah. kind of subs are we going to work on? It's super good from an in-character perspective of him, like, realizing, because he says, I'm sorry, I've never been a coach before. Yep. And like, yeah, but they said you were really good at teaching players. He's like, that's not the same. And also, like you said, we already have the tension of Kageyama's like, I don't just want to get the setter position. I want you to, like, I don't want you to step out of the way for me. I want to yeah. take it from you. Yeah, I, I really liked that moment. And like I said, we have three spikers now in mm-hmm. play. The ace, the senpai, whose name, oh, one name, character whose name I didn't write down. And of course, Hinata. Yep. Yeah, and the like setup of like they're facing their old rival who also started sucking after a while, but are also kind of making a comeback. Yep. With this weird team is also really interesting. Yeah, that was really nice. I'm wondering if the like wondering if this guy is going to be the coach through the whole thing. I feel like there was a different coach at the end of the manga when we were reading it, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but part of me wonders is like if this guy would be a great assistant coach, because it's like, ah, I'm, you know, you're great at teaching players. So we'll have you like run drills and like, you know, help teach teamwork and stuff like that. But like the actual like, all right, I'm going to figure out what's our rotations going to be like. I'm going to be the one who's picking subs, you know, would be someone else a bit more experienced in that. Yeah. I think there's also something with the old man, because I know there's something between Hanada and an old guy, and I don't know which old guy it is. Yeah. And the coach they get is the grandson of the older coach the team used to have that was super good. Yep. Who is retired, which is interesting. I also do love it. He's like, okay, no, th- like you guys are brilliant. Also, you are the worst at taking serves. So we just got to super drill that. Yep. As like even the training's exciting, even though all the high stakes moments come in practice games. And it's really interesting to me that we're in volume three and have only seen practice games. And Slam Dunk is even slower. So it's not like there's not precedent for that in sports manga, but that it's gotten such tense moments with so little, I find really fascinating. Yeah, I think a lot of that is Hinata's generally very new, like he hasn't really played much at all. So even though it is just practice games, they all make them feel real. Well, he's just very good at writing high stakes, as I think it ends yeah. up being. Like, but he's not a barfing, like, because he's so nervous of yep. the stakes. Whenever Kageyama gets mad at him, he's like, oh, no, he's not yelling. He's, like, actually mad at me. Yep. And like you said, the great speech about, I was like, yeah, yo, it's super cool to be an ace and stuff. But, like, with me, you're not going to be blocked, ever. Yeah, I really like that moment. Yeah, just the... A bunch of this volume was just great. Yeah, it made me want to keep reading at the end, which is the best compliment I can give. And volume ones often have that, but it often volumes falls off in volumes twos and threes. Not happening with Haikyuu. Yeah, and I have a feeling when we eventually, you know, years from now, get to that end point of the manga where we started reading, with the context there, it'll be super powerful and be similar. Even though when we were reading it in Shonen Jump, it was a very up and down manga for us. Yeah, well, I, I still remember always making the comments of like, man, I feel like if I had been reading this since the start, this would be great. But I feel like I'm just, I'm missing too much context. And I it's like, hey, you remember this guy? No, I, I literally don't know who that is. <laughs> and all, even this early, it's having that density, right? Because yep. like a practice game takes multiple chapters and has multiple huge beats. And I think that's one of the reasons it suffered when we read it too, is it felt like stories just took forever. But knowing yep. that this is where it starts, that makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean, I, I was enjoying it so much I didn't take many notes. I think we covered them all, actually. Yeah, I don't have too much. Again, like most of the time when we really enjoy something, except for maybe Bakuman, we don't tend to go too deep into it because it's kind of just, hey, you should read it. Yeah, I mean, Bakuman is so dense, you have to go into detail to talk about it. Yes. Whereas Haikyuu is very shonen, right? It's yep. about friendship and working together and the asshole realizing, hey, no one can win on their own, which is a theme that's repeated multiple times through this book because we get the drama between the older students and how they all kind of blame themselves. Yeah, really powerful. You know, it is one of those, hey, I do think you should go read it. Yeah, it's all on uh, two bucks. Yep. Two bucks uh, to Shonen Jump. You get it all. Yep. Yeah. Anything else? Any other final thoughts you had? Okay, that just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is a segment where we rank characters from manga from best to worst. At the very top, we have Uzumaki Naruto, who I bet would be good at volleyball. Mm-hmm. At the bottom, we got that guy who's not Master Roshi from Flame of Rekka. His name is Koku. I bet he would be frustratingly good at volleyball. Yeah, but he'd only want to play against women. Yes, true. At Dead in the center, we have Red from Pokemon Adventures. Insert Pokemon volleyball joke here. <laughs> From Haikyuu, we have uh, Hinata at 24 and Kageyame at 25. Right below Takagi from Bakuman, so I don't think they're likely to move. No. Who do you want to add from th- this set of good volleyball boys? Because we got the two obvious ones already. I'm thinking the libero. Yeah, I, I agree. His name is Yu Nishinoya. Not as good as those two. No. Let's see. Who seems comparable? Interesting. How do we think he compares to Fakuda from Bakuman? They're both loud. They both are, you know, stubborn. I'm going to give it to Fakuda just because he's had a bit more time to have some of those, like, yes, they're both loud, they're both stubborn, and they've both had, you know, the Nishi Nishioma has had, you know, a decent beat in this volume, but we've barely been introduced to him versus Fakuda has had several beats of, yeah, he kind of seems like he's the loud, obnoxious, delinquent type. But, you know, the moment where he comes to Aoki's aid is really nice. Stuff like that make me like him just a little bit more. Yeah, I'm trying to find characters who aren't main characters to compare him to. So the next one that really stands out to me is Zoro from One Piece, who I think we have kind of high. I'm pretty sure you you went to bat for him to put him here. Zoro is great, but I he's not my favorite straw hat. Mm-hmm. I think I like... Nishinoya more than Zoro already, but I'm willing to let you make that decision. That's fair. All right. I think he's probably better than Goku. Yeah. Our go-to. How do we think it compares to a niece from Cypher? I like him more, but I like a energetic, exaggerated shonen boy more than a down-to-earth normal girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm going to give it to a niece, honestly. Okay. That works for me. So, you Nishinoya, the libero is going to go at number 39, above Goku and below Anise. And that will do it for the podcast this week. Next week, we will be back with Bakuman, because it'll be a new month. I think they call that one June. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can check out my other podcasts mostly just it's a gundam right now but last time on video games will be returning soon tm anything you want to plug kevin nope have a great week everybody
Stop.